You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Hi, everyone. This is Greg Alexander, the host of the ProServe podcast, brought to you by Collective 54, the first community dedicated to the boutique professional services industry. On this episode, we're going to talk about prompt engineering. Prompt engineering, hopefully you're aware of what that term is now, since we're all living in the AI era. But uh, if you're not aware of what that is, we're going to talk about that and, and how to leverage it in today's economy. And we have a great guest who is going to walk us through the basics, and then um, she'll participate in our member Q&A later on. Her name is Numa Damani. Did I say her last name correctly? Okay. Very good. And uh, she is uh, with Kung Fu AI and is a member of Steven Strauss's team, who is a member of Collective 54. So, Numa, would you please introduce yourself and your firm to the audience? Yeah. So, hi, I'm Numa. Um, thank you so much for having me today. I'm a principal machine learning engineer at Kung Fu AI. We're a boutique consulting firm um, that focuses on artificial intelligence. Um, and my personal expertise is in natural language and the large, lang- large language model space. Okay. And Numa, I was researching your background before the call, and it's rather, <laughs> it's rather impressive. Would you mind sharing a little with the audience what your background is? Yeah. So I have primarily um, kind of worked in um, the information worker space. So I've done a lot of work around disinformation, misinformation, um, and then also like privacy and security. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, let's start with the basics. So what is prompt engineering? So prompt engineering is really just the practice of structuring and refining prompts to get specific responses from a generative AI system. So here your system would be something like ChatGPT or BARD. And the prompts are really just a way to interact with these systems where you can help guide the model towards achieving certain types of desired outputs. Okay. So an effective like prompt engineering would kind of involve formulating prompts that would clearly communicate what your desired task is. Um, this can include like detailed instructions or providing context or what you want your um, output to look like. Um, so you can make sure that what you're getting out of the model is kind of aligned with the intention that you want. Okay, very good. And why is it important to develop the skill of prompt engineering? Yeah, so it's if you understand how to do prompt engineering, it can really help empower you to take advantage of the capabilities of these generative AI models for various applications. So you're going to be able to communicate really complex tasks and requirements to these models, which can kind of help ensure that the generated content and responses really align closely with what your intended purpose for that task was. So it just helps you leverage the capabilities of these systems. So is it is it true or false that when I use ChatGPT as an example, and the response that comes back is inaccurate. It's not the model's fault. It was that I wasn't clear in my request. Is that true or false? Um, so a little bit of both, which I, which I know isn't the best answer. But um, 
the model isn't really designed to be accurate. It's designed to be really helpful. Mm. Um, you can, however, use strategies to help um, get more accurate answers. So you can give it some factual information. Um, you can do certain things on the back end where you can, you know, hook it up to like sort of databases or something to really get factual information. Um, but you can also ask it to go critique itself sometimes. So if it kind of provides a quote to you and you're like, oh, I'm not actually sure someone said this, you can be like, well, can you actually verify that for me? Or can you go double check that response? So um, it's a little bit of both where um, you can craft a prompt to get more accurate responses. So one of this, there's several techniques you can use something which called self-consistency, where you can go ask it the same question like three or four times and see like mm -hmm. if it actually gives you like the right answer three or four times and kind of pick the majority. Um, and, and part of it is just the nature of these models and it's because they're probabilistic in nature and aren't designed to be factual. When you say probabilistic in nature, as it relates to an LLM, explain how that works. Yeah. So a language model is really designed to represent natural language, um, and it's probabilistic. So it basically generates probabilities for a series of words based on the data it's trained on. Um, the models that we see these days are trained on the entire internet. Um, they're trained on crazy amounts of data, like billions and trillions of documents. Um, and the way they work is they actually just predict what the next word would be. Mm. So they kind of assign, so let's say um, the sentence is, um, I am a machine learning, and we're trying to predict the word engineer. It might have probabilities assigned for several words that could fit mm. there. So it could have engineer, technologist, practitioner, researcher, and the one that would have the highest probability, which would be the words probably kind of seen the most used in that context, that's what it will assign. Interesting. You know, I'll give the, the listeners an example here on how what I learned from Numa recently has helped me. So there's a feature in ChatGPT4 called Code Interpreter, and this allows you to load a document. So I loaded a 224-page franchise, franchise disclosure document, and I asked the, the tool, I said, please summarize this document. And I got back a response, and then I said, okay, you are a financial analyst. Please summarize the document. And the summary was so different. You know, it was all around financial mm -hmm. metrics. And then I said, you are a management consultant specializing in competitive strategy. Summarize a document. And a, a whole different set of things came up. So in that little example, and I just bring the example up to help the listeners who might be new to this, enriched my experience tremendously. And it made the tool, you know, support the initiative that I was working on that much that much better. So um, providing context, as, as Numa likes to say, is, is very, very helpful. Okay. Um, who should be using prompt engineering? Is it everybody or is it certain job functions? What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's really anyone who wants to interact with a generative AI system. So like anytime you're interacting with it, you are actually writing or well, kind of you're engineering a prompt, right? So business leaders can use it, developers can use it, content creators can use it, researchers, students. It's really anyone who wants to leverage capabilities of a generative AI system. Okay. And is there a particular time, like when should somebody use this? Is it early in a project, late in the project? 
across the entire spectrum. What are your thoughts on that? See, I think you can kind of incorporate it into your workflow. Either you can in early, later, kind of throughout. It really depends on what task you want. So um, you can you can use it for brainstorming purposes. That's actually a really great tool to kind of go back and forth with um, to kind of brainstorm. I don't know, like a blog post mm-hmm. or something. So let's say we're we're talking about a blog post. So you can use it to kind of brainstorm a blog post. You can ask it to maybe write certain sections of it. You could ask it to refine it for you. You could ask it to, you know, um, correct certain like word usage um, kind of throughout as you want. You could ask it for like a title towards the end. You could like give it the whole thing and be like, okay, well now give me a title. What do you think a suitable title would be? So I think there's ways to kind of incorporate it throughout the your workflow. Um, it really just depends on um, what works best for you. Like mm. if that's something that is like useful for you, right? Mm. Interesting. So I guess the advice there would be to to try to use it in the workflow at the task level, you know, beginning, mid, end, and kind of see mm-hmm. how it works for you. That, that's really great advice. Um, where is it used? I am a novice at this, and I spend most of my time on my smartphone, and therefore I don't use it as often. <laughs> but when I'm on my PC, I use it more often. So is that common? Is that uncommon? Like where where is it most often used? I think people do kind of maybe most use it on the PC just because it there aren't like really great apps right now on, you know, like your iOS for it. Um, I guess you could pull it up, but it's not as great. Um, but you can really just use it for any sort of f- specific task. I've seen it a lot for generating content and kind of a lot of the writing or customer service support tasks, mm-hmm. which actually work really well if you um, are using it on a PC. Um, a lot of developers use it for coding, myself included sometimes. It can be really great to um, get like, just ask it for like an example of a minimal function of doing something like this or like helping it for using with like, if you're using something like Copilot, which kind of has this on the back end. Um, for those who don't know, GitHub Copilot is um, basically is a generative AI system that helps generate code for you. It's mm-hmm. just what ChatGPT would be, but kind of... Um, tuned for code okay. so what it does is what can be useful is like while you're typing it will give you certain like comments or um you know like variable names and things which um can be very easily kind of incorporated while you're using it in pc i think we might come to a point where people will be using it on their phones it might be integrated with you know like text messaging and um kind of functions like that like i know um, inflection AI, so their Pi, you can text with it, mm. which is um, their version of ChatGPT. And I think we will kind of start seeing a little bit more of that, where it's you can very easily pull it up and talk to it. Mm. But um, in its infancy right now, a lot of it is, I think, um, web browser or UI-based. Got it. So for those that are listening that haven't developed a skill of prompt engineering and after listening to you have been inspired to do so, what advice would you give them? The best way is just by practicing. You can start with really simple tasks and prompts and then gradually move on to more complex ones, which maybe require logic or reasoning or brainstorming or critiquing. Um, And it's just don't be afraid to try different prompts. Mm. Just have fun with it. Like it's actually really fun to do. Yeah, I, I'm surprisingly enjoying myself after I was in Austin spending Good, time with bad. you. <laughs> I went back and said, <laughs> all right, so you know, it, it's okay to to make mistakes and try it. And I found it to be 
I had your PowerPoint deck up in front of me and with all the instructions yeah. on how to do it, which we'll go over with the members in a later session. And I was using it like that, and I, I was really pleased with how intuitive it was. Um, Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> so, Numa, you have a book coming out soon. Can you tell us the title of the book, what's it, what's it about? And by the time this airs, it probably will be available. So where can, where can people find it? Yeah. So the book is called Introduction to Generative AI. Um, it will be published by Manning Publications. And it talks about how you can use large language models up to their potential. Um, so things like this. But at the same time, also tries to build an awareness of the risks and limitations that come with using generative AI technologies. So it kind of outlines the broader economic, social, ethical, and legal considerations that you need to think about when you're using generative AI. Um, and it will be out this fall. Right now, you can pre-order just on manning.com, but um, closer to the release date, it will be on Amazon, Target, um, Barnes & Noble, and some other resellers. Well, congratulations on it. Um, thank you. I will be buying a copy and we'll, we'll read it. And thank you for contributing to the body of knowledge by going through the hard work of writing a book. I've done that myself and know how difficult that is. I have to ask, did you use AI to write the book? I did not. Um, <laughs> there are... <laughs> So there are some examples from um, ChatGPT and Bard and Claude yeah. in the book, um, but that is that is kind of the extent of it. Okay, good, good. So it's original. All right, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, original piece. Yeah, great. Well, Numa, um, I, on behalf of the membership, I, I really want to thank you for supporting Stephen and helping us understand prompt engineering. Really looking forward to the member session, and congratulations again on your book, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. All right. So a few calls to action for the audience. So if you're a member, uh, please attend the Q&A session that we'll have with NUMA. Look out for that invitation. If you're a candidate for membership, um, go to collective54.com and apply. And the membership committee will consider your application and get back to you. And uh, if you're not ready for either of those things, you just want to learn more, um, I would direct you to my book. It's called The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and sell a professional services firm, which you can find on Amazon. So with that, thanks again, uh, Numa, and thanks for the audience for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.